Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce. Joe, the Flyers winning streak is over. It snapped at three games. The Flyers lost to the Montreal Canadiens on Thursday night, 3-2 in a shootout. So they still do have a point streak going. But I have to say, Joe, I felt like that was a letdown up in Montreal, considering the team, considering there was no fans in the building because of COVID-19 concerns. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. How did you feel about that loss? Um, it, it seemed everything about the game seemed lifeless, except, except for maybe the Canadians' play. I, I didn't find their play to be lifeless in the game. Um, but it seemed like the Flyers came out flat. They had little stretches of the game where they weren't flat. Um but overall, I just felt like the the game lacked really any consistent energy from the Flyers. And, um, you know, when you're up 2-1 in the third, I think you have to close the game against uh, a, a team that's, quite frankly, I mean, I don't think anybody that covers the Canadians that plays for them would sum up their season so far as anything but a disaster. They've been – a really bad team. Um, their lineup is pretty unrecognizable when you compare it to the one that made the Stanley Cup final last season. Um, they've, I mean, had, I mean, Caden Primo starts the game in goal last night and plays great, uh, son of the former Flyer captain Keith Primo. He played great, but it was only his eighth career start. It's not like he's, uh, established himself as, um, you know, the goalie of the future there. Certainly not yet. He may turn into that. But, um, you know, they Carey Price hasn't been with them. So this is not the Montreal Canadian team that was sort of developed into a juggernaut over the, the, the back part of the COVID season and then last season with the shortened season. Yeah. This is not that team. Um, they don't have Shea Weber. They didn't have Brendan Gallagher playing last night. Uh, they lost Philip Deneau in the free agency. Uh, there's a lot of pieces that aren't there. Um, uh, and the Flyers, they came out lifeless. And, again, you know, we've talked about this a lot this year. I think we brought it up after the first Arizona game where Arizona played really well against the Flyers. And we said, any t- if you come out lifeless and you don't, you're not, you don't appear ready to play. There's not any team in this league that can't beat you on any given night if you're not ready to play the game. And I don't feel like the Flyers were ready to play the game last night. Um, now I'll say this: Montreal is a power pack. That's a power pack building. Um, every former player that I know that I've talked to about this says that's the loudest building to play in. When you're expecting to play in what amounts to a Thunderdome and then you get told an hour or two hours before the game 
that no fans are allowed in the building due to the COVID concerns, and you come out to a building full of empty red seats, that has to have an effect. Yeah. That said, both teams were playing in front of the same um, – both teams were playing in the same circumstance. For the Canadians, though, uh, they were probably – they've been feeling the heat from their crowd, so maybe that was a good a break for them. I don't know that. I didn't see any player on the team say it, and I don't think they would. But you just have to get into the mentality of that pressure-packed atmosphere of these Eastern Canadian cities and, you know, how much stock is put into their hockey teams. And maybe it was a break for them. But as an opponent, to think you're going out there and, you know, we heard um, uh, Scott Hartnell on the pregame show talking about, you know, when we would play there, we would all be talking before the game, like, let's go shut this crowd up. This is yeah. They're a loud building. It's a raucous atmosphere. Let's go shut them up. When you're in that mentality and shortly before you find out there's not going to be any fans, it has to have an effect. And also, given that this was only a year and a half-ish ago, that this was the reality, um, it has to bring back some bad memories as well. And I think all that combined um, had a played a factor. It's not an excuse, but it definitely played a factor. I think so, too. It was announced around 5 o'clock Eastern time that there was going to be no fans in the building. So two hours before puck drop, who knows when word got to the Flyers or the players that there would be no fans. But I can't imagine it being any more than maybe a few hours before us. So, yeah, you're thinking maybe three, four hours, maybe two hours. Uh, Flyers probably got wind of no fans being in the building. And I really do wonder how much that affected the game because – then it comes down to which team really wants the game more. Like, because a lot, you know, as we know, players really fuel on the crowd. They fuel on the atmosphere of games. That's why they play sports. And the Canadians were a desperate team going into that game. Uh, they're feeling all kinds of heat in their city. Whereas the Flyers are in, a, I don't want to say they're in a good spot because they're not. They need wins. But they were coming off three straight wins, their best winning streak of the season. They're going up against a team that they probably feel like they really should beat. So maybe just maybe emotionally they weren't as up for the game compared to Montreal, who had lost seven straight games. Uh, they were in a real big spiral. They've cleaned house in their front office. So who knows? Maybe that did affect it. But, Joe, I find it frustrating if you're a Flyers fan, that loss really is irritating because – Two days ago, the team has its best game in a long time. It's best game under Mike Yo. They route the Devils 6-1. They have their longest winning streak. You think something's building here. Something's building. And we put so much stock into their schedule during that 10-game losing skid that they played this gauntlet of a schedule, and they did. And I'm willing to admit that and recognize that. I think there's validity to that. But then here we are thinking like, hey, they have a stretch of this schedule that isn't as difficult. Like they need to take advantage of these games. They have the Canadians. They have the Senators. They have the Devils. And then here they go up to, against Montreal, the team with the second fewest points in the NHL on a seven-game skid. They haven't won since November 27th, and they can't get two points out of it in front of no crowd, no crowd either. So I, I just think that has to really be irritating. I think right now the Flyers are in a – they're in a spot where they need to win their fan base back. They really do. They need to convince fans, hey, 
still have faith in this season. It is early. We can turn things around under Mike Yo. Like they need to take every opportunity to have their fans back on their side. And I just felt like last night really was a swing and a miss in that opportunity. They get a point, which is great in hockey, and I think that will come back to be a good thing. But I think it has to be somewhat frustrating uh, for fans across the board that they go up there and they had that type of game. Uh, Joe, I was thinking it was great to see Max Willman and Jackson Cates score goals, but they were the only goal scorers for the Flyers. And I think that tells you why uh, the Flyers only scored two goals. Uh, They need more production outside of those two. Would you agree? Yeah, so what um what you don't what they don't want to happen is you don't want to slip back into the, some of the stuff they saw during the losing streak. And you know, I think some of the stuff you saw is what happened last night. Um the lineup being the the production being um low heavy for a, a lack of a better term that the bottom of their lineup ends up being their best players. Um, How many times during the losing streak did we talk about Zach McEwen being the best player on the ice or, you know, Patrick Brown shines during, during a certain game. There's it's, there's no offense to these guys, but these guys can't be your best players. They can't be your best players. If you want to consistently put together wins and you want to get back quite frankly into this playoff race, those, those players cannot be your best players. You need your Konechny's, your Couturier's, your Giroux's. Uh, you, need, you need Atkinson. You need what you had against the Devils, just plus five from Giroux, plus five from Atkinson. Now, I'm not suggesting those guys are going to go out and go plus five every night. But what I'm saying is when you looked at the score sheet from the Devils game, those guys jumped off the score sheet. And they need more of those guys jumping off the score sheet and not like Jackson Cates, who we didn't know was going to play, jumping up and scoring, or Max Wilman, who has you know a cup of coffee in the in the NHL, yeah. scoring these two guys scoring the only goals in the game. That's what they can't have because that isn't sustainable, and uh, it's not sustainable if you want to continue to get points and get back into this. Um, you just can't have the bottom of your lineup be your best players. It's great if they play great, but they need to be complementary to the top of the lineup playing well also. And, you know, that was the one one thing that definitely stood out to me. And then, you know, the other thing, too, is the goaltender, um, he plays a great game and really has a winning effort, and they don't produce enough to actually win the game, which was another thing that was happening during the losing streak. Um, I found myself thinking during that game last night that if this was a team and opponent with a little more firepower on offense, the Flyers are probably looking at four goals allowed in that game, and and maybe it's a loss. Um, and again, the 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 surrendering the sort of um, I mean I know it was two one and they give, but. You're, you, you're holding the lead in the third and you're surrendering sort of this momentum, like back-breaking type of goal that sends you off to overtime. And, you know, you end up in a shootout and they don't go the flyest way most of the time, let's just be honest. Um, and really, I mean, um, the from the first rush in the shootout and Drew in comes in and just snipes that 
great shot top shelf on Carter, you had a bad feeling. And, um, you know, that that turns out to be the, the game winner. And um, yeah. it really, like, there's not, other than, yeah, okay, they got the point and they, they've now gotten a point in four straight games. I don't know that there's much else to take out of this game and say we like that. You know, you like seeing Jackson Kate score his first goal. You like seeing Max Woman see score another goal. But I don't think that I think those things are kind of like they're individual things and not they're not necessarily a good reflection on the team's performance. Agreed. And yeah, the Flyers are 0 3 in shootouts this season. So they've struggled in that skills competition. And we know how teams and players feel about it. It really is kind of a weird way to end a game. Um, I think it's why a lot of players and teams, when they leave the skills competition, um, they don't seem like all that frustrated or, you know, they can't get it out of their minds that they lost the game. Like it's, it's, they know it came down to, you know, a shootout, which is, one of the weird ways, you know, one of the like the less definitive ways to end a game uh, in hockey. But uh, yeah, they, I, you wonder should they even have been in a shootout? Uh, they have they had a really bad first period. They make up for it with these great depth contributions from Max Wilman and Jackson Cates in the second period. They go up two one, and then they can't hold a lead in the third period. You would really hope that they could hold that lead in the third period. They gave up a goal with under six minutes left in regulation. Boom! They're in overtime and they're in a dogfight, uh, and then they go to the shootout. So, and you know what? You know, too, Jordan. And I was thinking when they came out for the overtime. Look, if you look at the generally when the overtime starts, you're putting your your strongest three at your three on three out there. And and if you look at who Montreal put out there, it's Druin who has his moments, Lekkinen who scored earlier in the game, but you know Keith Yandel tipped that goal past the own goaltender, so. Uh, let's be honest about what that was. And then Nick Suzuki, who has had good seasons, is not he currently leads them on points, but in no way is he having a great season. But you look at that three-land lineup that they put out there, and 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 I found myself thinking, the Flyers have more talent on the ice. They should win this game in overtime. This shouldn't get to a shootout. And of course, Montreal then goes on to produce more chances in the overtime than the Flyers had. And again, it just goes back to there was a void in the energy department all night long for the Flyers, aside from a few minutes. And, you know, even really, it's not like, you know, you, you had that great rush that started with the pass from Sanheim and the nice touch pass in the middle from Patrick Brown on the Kate's goal. So that looked great. But I wouldn't say there was this infusion of energy that surrounded that goal. Um, and the same thing with the Wilman goal. So they just were not able to sustain any energy. And I think that is what, um, that's what concerns you out of this game to me, for sure. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. 
Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Absolutely, Joe. And the Flyers had a power play in that overtime, too. They put up six shots in overtime and just couldn't get that winner. So another like kind of lost opportunity there uh, where you really thought they could take advantage and just jump on this game and leave Montreal with the fourth straight win and really feeling good about themselves coming home. Um, I'm sure they're not as frustrated, I think, as probably the fan base may be. Um, after that game, I'm sure the fans see the Canadians' record. They see there was no fans in the building and they're – probably left frustrated just seeing a loss in general, no matter how it happened. Uh, and quite fr- and quite frankly, Jordan, I mean, they're starting Caden, Caden Primo. It was his eighth career start. He's only right. made two starts before last night this season. Yeah. So, you know, and every, I know I, I'm not saying everyone sees the name and they think Keith Primo, a great Flyers captain, mm-hmm. and I think everybody wishes the kid well, but this is a game the Flyers should have won. They should have won this game last night. And, you know, I found myself looking at the way Caden Primo was playing early in the game, and I thought he looked a little shaky. There were It seemed like there were a few shots where he was just kind of like, oh, the puck ended up in my glove. Yeah, He definitely got better as the game went on. And particularly, I mean, he was really good in the overtime, and obviously the stop he makes on Atkinson to, to preserve the win in, in the shootout um, – and, you know, I haven't seen anything about his health. He would hope he – I mean, he took what looked like a shoulder and sort of a a, a big sort of most of Atkinson's body weight to his head and neck area yeah. um, on that play and still managed to keep the puck out. Yeah. You know, I'm happy for the kid, but, again, the Flyers should have take, – take the guy's last name out of the equation. The Flyers should have won the game. Um and, you know, when the goalie, when you see a goalie, a young goaltender that has a, a limited amount of experience in this league get better, like Primo did during that game last night, I think it's him sensing that, hey, I, I can beat this team. And you can only gather that he was sensing that by what he saw transpiring in front of him. And uh, that was his own team, maybe with a little more energy than they have had in recent games. And the opponent with, again, I don't want to say they were unprepared to play the game. I don't feel like they felt unprepared. I'm saying this game to me last night was on the players, not the coaches, because the players seemed to come out with a significant lack of jump. And the surroundings may have had something to do with that, but – you know, they, 
they said it afterwards. You can't use that as an excuse. I agree. I, I, I don't think it's on the coaching staff at all. I think Mike Yo's done a really good job. He had a good practice before the game uh, the day before in Voorhees. I thought it was a real productive, effective practice. He's taken advantage of any time he's had with that team to get them ready. Uh, I think this is on the players. And, again, who knows? I, I really don't know if the no fans just made it a weird first period and suddenly they're, like, chasing the game a little bit and they're trying to get, like, inner motivation or i'm not sure i really don't know how the players felt um but listen i'm not expecting expecting them to win every game like i i know after a 10 game losing streak you're hoping for this long winning streak they don't have to do that um but when you play a team like the canadians and you're looking for opportunities to take advantage of after playing a hellish schedule before it you got to win those games and you have a lead in the third period have a lead in the third period you're facing a young goalie your your own goalie makes 38 saves on 40 shots, plays really well again for you. you got to take advantage of those opportunities. Um, so at least the Flyers, they get a point. That is true, uh, and they can they have a point streak going now. And, Joe, I will say, that's why I think Saturday's game against the Senators at home is massive. It's a big game because, again, it's an inferior team, uh, you think, and then – it comes before two big divisional games before your holiday break. So if the Flyers beat the Senators at home, that's a real good stretch against the Devils, Canadians, Senators. Like you took two two wins and one loss in the shootout. Like I would be okay with that if someone told me, "Hey, Flyers go two zero and one against this three game stretch uh, with the Devils, Senators, Canadians." I would say, "Hey, that's great. Like booth for the Flyers. Like they could really use that two zero and one." Uh, before these big divisional games. So I think Saturday is a huge game, Joe, where they can really respond on their home ice and be in decent shape going into huge divi- two huge divisional games, Capitals, Penguins, and then boom, holiday break. A really good chance for the Flyers to feel good about themselves, be in much better position, but they have to do it against the Senators. you got to go out and have a response, be a little frustrated, be a little tipped off with how things finished in Montreal. Again, sh- give your fans – more reason to believe um, over this holiday break. I think it's a really big opportunity. It's possible we may see Joel Farabee. Uh, Mike Yo said, I don't believe. Mike, so Mike Yo said, I don't want to say he's going to play this weekend, but it's certainly becoming a possibility given how well he's done in the past few practices with his shoulder injury. Um, he was able to participate pretty much in full on Wednesday. So it looks like he's getting closer. So you could have some reinforcements coming. But uh, long story short, I think Saturday is a really good chance for the Flyers just to erase that shootout loss and get back to business. Uh, Do you agree that that could be a really big game for them, Joe, in terms of getting right and then getting right before two big division games? Uh, I do, but I'll I'll go back to what last night's issue. You have to be ready to play the game because if you look at Ottawa's recent schedule, they put up eight goals against Tampa within the last week. So this is another team where if you come out and you let them believe they can win the game, if you don't have a good start to your game, if you lack energy and you lack sort of um, drive in the game, uh, they can put up some goals on you. They have guys like Josh Norris who are having great seasons. Uh, They have a second-year guy, uh, Tim Stutzel, it's having another good season. So they have talent on their team. They have um, uh, Brady Kachuk. 
who recently has been named captain. And he, you know, so they have guys that can play. And if you come out without energy, again, any team can sneak up on you. And the Flyers can't let that happen on their home ice. Joe, I, know, I do think they, they did put up eight goals. I believe it was on the Panthers. Oh, um, Pan- okay, Panthers, but, yeah. But the game before, they shut out Tampa for nothing. So, yeah, they okay. had a two-game so, yeah. streak recently uh, by outscoring Tampa and Florida 12-2. Uh, to two. So, yeah. They're yeah, I mean, I mean, you look at that, and, and these are, you know, Tampa and Florida are, are two of the five best teams in hockey. Right. So, you know, again, if you come out and you're not ready to play, um, any team can sneak up on you, and this team has a good amount of young talent on the team yeah. that certainly can make you pay. And again, Brady Kachuk is one of those players. We all know about Matthew Kachuk. We've already seen him this year uh, against the Flyers. He's one of those guys that is – he infuses energy on the rest of his team the way he plays. And if – he comes out there and he believes his team can get a win on the road. He's going to start getting under fly, under flyer player's skin. He's going to try to draw penalties. He's going to do the things that Kachucks have done for the last 25 years, 30 years in this league, going back to their father, Keith, who was a, a thorn in the flyer side when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, so – you don't want to. You don't want to let all those sta- all those things start rolling downhill for them. And the way to do that is come out, start the game on time, and score first, and and let get your team rolling, get them right. Yeah. Uh, it sounds weird to say the Flyers needed a get right game. They had a get right game against New Jersey. I think they need another get right game after a seriously lacking energy in Montreal. I think they need another get-right game to show that those three wins, that wasn't just an aberration. It was – It was. what they want to show is they're, they're somewhere be in the middle of the 10-game losing streak and the three-game winning streak. They want to be somewhere in the middle of that yeah. rather than, you know, playing more like the team that lost 10 straight than the one that won the previous three prior to last night. There's so much to explore in Valley Forge and Montgomery County, PA. Montgomery County is composed of charming towns and main streets, each with its own personality, style, and unique vibe. Whether you are looking to get away with family or enjoy a special trip with friends, leave behind the stress of planning and use our guide to find some of the most amazing things to do. Explore which town and main street suits you best or visit them all. Visit MakeItMainStreet.com to plan your getaway today. Joe, I I think uh, with the Senators, it's funny. I wonder if Mike Yo needs to find a way to motivate before each game. I think a lot of coaches, like Elaine Vigneault is probably an old school guy that I don't think ever really gave pep talks. Maybe during intermissions, I certainly think he probably – was a pretty big voice in the locker room in terms of maybe what they had to fix, what they had to continue, uh, getting their act together, or, hey, let's do this, let's do that. Um, I all, I know coaches all talk in the locker room probably before a game, but 
I wonder if Mike Yo needs to do that a lot more often, whether it's in the locker room or whether it's in conversations and meetings, because I think he had a really good motivational type of move before that New Jersey game. And he kind of gave us the details of what he said to his team before the New Jersey game. He said, I don't think we've hated this team a ton for a division rival. I don't think we've hated them like maybe we have perhaps Washington or Pittsburgh. And he said they needed to come out and kind of have that in their minds, like hate this team a little bit um, and have a response. And boom, a team that outscored them eight to two in the two losses prior, the Flyers come out and work them six to one in front of their home crowd. And Mike Yo also said, hey, we haven't had a good home game in a while. Let's give our fans something to cheer about. So I just saw two really good angles he took with his team and the Flyers capitalized on it. It pumped them up. It got them ready. They wanted to have a good home game, and they wanted to send a message to New Jersey, and they absolutely worked them 6-1. Uh, I wonder if Mike Yo can do that a little bit more. Maybe he can do that before Ottawa on Saturday, about the opportunity at hand each game. And he mentioned that post game against New, after New Jersey about how the message from the coaching staff has to be, we got that result from how hard we worked. And it's true. The Flyers worked their tails off the entire game. The entire game, they were the better team. They were in your face. They were down your throat type of team. Uh, and it produced a really good game in front of the fans and a result the Flyers can build off of. But at least the Flyers couldn't continue to build off of it. They did take a step back in Montreal. But uh, what what have you thought about Mike Yo's job so far? I think he's done pretty well. He's 3-2-1. He has him scoring goals again uh, in four of his six games. They've scored four or more goals. And as we know, before that, before his first game, they had gone 17 straight without scoring three or more. So he's got their offense humming a little bit, and I think he has the guys playing hard for the most part. Uh, and the other thing I'll notice is his defensemen are so much more active. I mean, we yes. saw Sanheim and Braun against New Jersey. Um, so there's definitely a noticeable difference on the ice. The, the interesting, uh, just to comment on what you had just said about we haven't hated this team. Um, back 10 years or so ago when Rick Tockett worked for our, for us. And I remember when the Flyers would play teams that weren't division rivals, he always would talk about how not having hate for the opponent was a big factor and you needed to create it. So that's very interesting to me that Mike Yo said that because at that point that was before before um, Tock went to Pittsburgh to be an assistant, but he had been the head coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning before that. And um, I found that very interesting that, uh, that Mike Yo kind of echoed those sentiments that, uh, that Rick Tock used to tell me about a lot when I would work with him on uh, pregame shows. So I definitely think that's a very interesting tactic to kind of create hate for your opponent. Um. Because I feel like that is different in this sport than any other sport. Yeah. Um, I feel like uh, your feelings and your sort of um, rapport with the other team matters a lot more than, you know, in football, if you have your offense humming, you can go win a game. Yeah. Uh, basketball, same thing. Um, but the, the hate factor with hockey, I think, is very different. So uh, it's interesting to hear. Um, Mike Yo now coaching Rick Tockett, a former coach, and um, 
potentially a future coach with that sort of philosophy, I think is very uh, interesting. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm sure the teams that Tockett's coached since uh, he told me all that have heard has heard that philosophy. And then um, if, you know, if he, Rick goes on to coach another team, which I'm sure he will at some point, uh, will end up coached behind the bench of another team. He'll uh, share the, that theory with everyone. But I, I thought, I think Mike Yo's job is done. What he's done is admirable so far in the sense that um, he was dealt a, a tough hand. Um come out in the middle of a five game and set five game and seven night stretch, not really any practice time, get this team going. Oh yeah. By the way, they're in a huge losing streak and probably at their low point of the season, get them out of that while you're at it. (laughs) Um, But I think he's done that. And, you know, he's put his imprint on the team from the first game. I mean, the first game he coached, I believe was the first game he had Oscar Lindblom up on the first line and looked, we have seen a different Oscar Lindblom since Mike Yo took over. Mm-hmm. We've seen the defensemen look different and their activity look different since Mike Yo took over. Um, those are all good things. That said, it all that shakeup and that new sort of freshness that's infused, it lasts so long. And then it's going to come down to the play. The players are going to have to play. Yep. And as we talked about earlier about last night, that's that having energy to start a game to me is on the players. They, you know, everybody, everybody needs to take responsibility for their own preparedness to play the game. And last night, I don't think that was a, a great look for the Flyers, but they come out and they have a good start tomorrow. They put up a goal or two in the first period. They take a lead and they win the game on their home ice against an inf- what we think to be an inferior opponent could go a long way to erasing what happened in Montreal. And maybe you can write it off to the crowd situation and the whole, that whole aspect that um, quite frankly had to have an effect, but can't be used as an excuse. Indeed. And I really do think it's on players. I think all the former players, Joe, we've talked to, they admit that too. When you see a team come out slow, they, they they say, yeah, that's on players. That's not on coaches. Um, coaches are prepared. Like, I don't think coaches go into games uh, randomly here and there not having their team prepared. Uh, that's their job. They get the team prepared, but they can't play. Uh, the players have to go out there and find some inner motivation. Uh, wh- whatever gets them going for a game, they got to they gotta do it and use it. Uh, and I get it. It's a long season. It's 82 games. So I think coaches do have a big role in perhaps getting teams up for games. Um, sometimes players have their own reasons, whether they know it's a team that they don't like, or if it's a player they don't like, or they know where they are in the standings. Uh, but sometimes coaches do need to kind of go in there and give some extra juice, but it it can't be every game. Um, I think the players need to know what's at stake here. And especially given their situation, the flyer situation specifically, uh, where they've lost a head coach, they've lost an assistant coach. Uh, it's a season with expectations, and it hasn't gone the way they've hoped. Uh, but they have time to possibly chip away at it and fix it. So the Flyers need to take every, I think, every game with the same level of importance. Uh, I know that's easier said than done from us folks that don't play. But I think the folks that do play, the Flyers, they need to really go into games uh, looking at it as big opportunities. Uh, and Saturday is another one uh, for sure. 
And yeah, I think Mike Yo's done a very, uh, very commendable job. Uh, just like you said, Joe, not an easy situation. Uh, and I don't think people know as much about him, but he's he's no slouch. Uh, he's taken he's gone to the playoffs four times. Uh, he's he's done this whole interim duties before, and he's done well in these spots. Um, he's a good coach, good head coach. He has a ring from his days uh, in Pittsburgh as an assistant. So he's got some pedigree, and I think he realizes he wants to be a head coach again too. So he's trying to win this job. Um, and he, from all, from what I've heard from a lot of players, he was a really good assistant coach. He was a voice to go to. Almost always after practice, you would see a Ivan Provorov or a Sean Couturier having long, extended conversations with him. Um, a lot of times at the whiteboard or uh, just on the ice, probably talking PK or defensive responsibilities. Uh, so I think players really went to him a lot. They worked with him, uh, and they liked working with him. So uh, Mike Yo certainly has his work cut out for him, but he's chipping away at it, and that's a good sign, I think, for Flyers. But, Joe, big game's coming up. We will catch them on NBC Sports Philadelphia. Uh, Saturday's game, Senators, 7 p.m. puck drop with pregame live beforehand. Cannot wait to watch. Always great chatting with you, Joe. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you to Ben Berry, our podcast producer and guru, for doing this for us. As always, huge help. And Flyers fans, as always, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, please rate and listen, and we cannot wait to talk to you next time.